with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and, and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, unexplained, and unbelievable. New England's own Van Helsing with me across the pond in that crazy world of the, what is this, the paranormal, uh, where they have multicolored ghosts. We have the ghost standing in ghost hunting, the god of infrasound, Steve Parson. Good evening. Mm. Yeah, you guys are so lucky. You got different colored ghosts. You got the green ghost of this, the brown yeah, ghost of that, blue ladies. The, the gray ghost, the blue ghost. We got white, lady in white. That's all we ever have. That's kind of boring. Yeah, you got more demons than us. Yeah, well, they, they grow here. Can you blame them? Look at our Congress. <laughs> <laughs> It's a haven. <laughs> I think there's a portal there. It's, I, I, I didn't realize, actually, that because um, I thought it was uh, like a Twilight Home. Like a what? Twilight Zone? Twilight Home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they say. The most expensive uh, nursing home in the, in the country. <laughs> yep. Looks like it. Anyway, yep. moving on. Yeah, moving on. Good stuff. Halloween's here, right? Everybody's Halloween bugging you up. Halloween season, yeah, it's uh, hocus pocus on the television and pumpkin spice condoms and everything else. Mm, doing any radio interviews, TV interviews, or anything? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy. You stuff. can imagine. Yeah. Everybody wants. It's the only time the media ever seems to be interested, but they don't want anything serious. They just want a spooky uh, soundbite. Yeah. They want so, you to... Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, we you had a... Skeptic, what do you think of ghosts? I think they're absolutely real. What? Right. <laughs> think they're a bunch of bollocks. <laughs> All right. Uh, we had a... We actually had a... Uh, the paper did an article on a ghost hunter and I read it because I read the paper <laughs> and you can read. I can. I know it's amazing, but anyway, Does it, is that joined up writing? No, it isn't even big writing. It's, it's regular writing. I can actually wow. read. Well, I know. So 
I, I looked at this and, and maybe ponder some things. Oh, here we go. So, you know, uh, it, it mentions high tech and low tech equipment. Right. So, low tech equipment, I guess, is pendulums, thousand rods. No, I would have said notebook and pen, but there we are. Yeah, well, no, nope. This is what they, I'm reading the article and I was going to get your thoughts on it, but okay. So, you already jumped on it. That's good. I like it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then, of course, uh, the, Investigator says, "Oh yeah, I like uh, dowsing rods because I get really good results with them rather than the other equipment that I use." Cool. Which is why we like to use them on public events because a lot of people get good results with them. But it, then it went into uh, high tech, and that was the one that kind of, you know, caught my interest. Because we know what a gadget freak you are. Yeah. High you tech. Do high do tech gadgets. I do. High tech devices. Okay, so high tech devices also help to reveal the presence of ghosts and spirits. But you didn't know that. Such as the cylindrical shape REM pod that yeah. lights up. That lights up and emits buzzing sound whenever it senses a. Burst of energy in the form of temperature changes or changes in the magnetic field. Okay. Yeah. So, what's your thoughts about that? I think they're absolutely genuine. Um, you know, I, I, you're, not, I, you're not doing I, an, You're not doing an interview for the. Paper oh, sorry, yet. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Electronic witchcraft, snake oil. Snake oil with a battery. Is it is it really doing? I mean, what is? It's not is doing it, is anything, it? in effect, because well, they're just not. Uh, they're not detecting ghosts. That's for certain, because in order to detect something, you have to know what that something is. Um, you know, if it's an energy field, what frequency is it? What amplitude range is it? What's its period? Blah 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 blah. And we don't we don't know what. What a ghost is, so how yeah. can you have a ghost detector? You can measure temperature and you can measure. Yeah, wait a minute, but that's what it says. It's, this is the thing. It, it, I, I, I don't understand. It does all of this. I mean, it, it says in the article, it says it's, uh, it senses a burst of energy in a form of temperature changes or and in the magnetic field. So well, the magnetic is it a thermometer well, what, or a. Well, what magnetic field is it sensing? Is it sensing yep. the Earth's magnetic field? Is it sensing a passing somebody walking past with a, you know, waving a, a horseshoe magnet? What sort of magnetic field is it sensing? Uh, and so. what sort of temperature range is is it detecting? Is it set to go off if the temperature drops or goes up or does both or does you know, does it by three degrees or five degrees or we don't know any of that. And we don't. And the, and the manufacturer of the REM pod ain't going to tell you because they don't because, know because, mm. well, they they could find out because they could test it. They could they no, could look that at would the, require spending they money. could look at the specifications of the components that they're soldering together to put into it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the purpose of a REM pod. The, pur the real purpose of a REM pod is to generate cash. Exactly. 
I mean, it, it, and it just to me, it's it, you. You mentioned it, snake oil. It's basically smoke and mirrors. It is it's, electronic snake oil. That's yeah. why I've always called it. It's just uh, to dazzle like, somebody. Say, oh look, this thing went off. Something happened. And I can't explain why. We can't explain what it's measuring, but that's okay. It went off. The, the 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 nub of it all is that they can't explain why it happens. Therefore, it must be by default paranormal. But mm. they don't look very hard. I mean, I give you a quick example: the EMF yeah. meter. Um, let's just go down that rabbit oh, hole. Oh, I, I I have that was going to be one of the other ones that I was bringing. Oh, up, I'll, I'll wait. I know I'll, I'll happily. Wait. I know. Do you want to wait for that, or you want to go? Yeah, no, it? we'll wait for that one. We'll okay. wait for that one. All right. So we'll go, well, I'll jump right to it. Uh, a, okay. Uh, a K2 meter, another handheld high-tech device, senses level of magnetic energy and uses five LED, light, LED lights to show the level of milligauss from low to high. If we get a high reading, we will use the cameras to uh, set up and capture the spirit on film or a digital recorder to pick up EVPs. Okay, that's the claim. That's I'm telling you what the right. investigators okay. tell on the reporter. Okay, one, the K2 is not a high-tech device. It's actually a very low-tech device. It was, it was never designed by K2 Industries to detect the presence of anything other than stray microwave uh, electromagnetic microwave ovens and that came about because back in the 90s there was a scare a health scare about electromagnetic radiation emitted from cell phone towers mm -hmm. and microwave ovens and there was a lot of stuff in the newspapers and people got worried about it k2 industries came up with this quite cheap uh it was about what twenty dollars yeah Back then, it was about $20. And it was a little device that you could carry around with you to indicate whether, and it would it would go off if you were near a cell phone or if the shielding on a microwave oven was defective or you shoved it down the back of a television set or you put it near a power outlet socket where the electromagnetic fields are higher. And it was designed for that purpose. And that's, that's what it was sold for by... Um, by the company was called K2 Industries. Then a bunch of ghost hunters got hold of it and started changing the labeling and the descriptions of it. And you have the legendary K2 meter. Mm -hmm. Similar to what happened to the uh, cell sensor that became the. Yeah, I mean, it was built for Yeah, the cell sensor was built for exactly the same reason because of this uh, late 20th century scare of and it's still going on today you know there was all that stuff of covid and 5g masks and electromagnetic and blah 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 um and people got got anxious about it and these companies came along and said hey we have made this really cheap device it's inexpensive you can you can carry it in the glove box of your car you can keep it on the bedside table and you can Make your family safe. And we also sell a range of products to shield your house from electromagnetism. Sure, like tinfoil to put on your head. Well, just tinfoil you put on the walls would work. 
but if you're if you live in a building that has um you know iron in the structure it's mm-hmm. generally fairly safe anyway yeah but so, the big problem with all of the emf meters mm-hmm. irrespective of whether you've paid you know twenty dollars or two hundred dollars is it will never ever tell you the source of the electromagnetic field unless we talk about unless it's paranormal uh because no but we have a specific you yes there is well 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 an electromagnetic field is all electromagnetic fields Mm -hmm. have two defining features they have amplitude and they have frequency right now the amplitude is simply the amount of it how much electromagnetism there is and the frequency is its dna and if you know the frequency and there are devices that will tell you there are emf meters that will tell you the amplitude and importantly the frequency you can then consult because the electromagnetic spectrum is one of the most heavily regulated uh, components of our, our present world uh, you have the um, FCC in America and we have um, Ofcom here in the UK and each country has a regulatory body and it is very 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 closely re- regulated and transmitters sources are allocated frequencies or blocks of frequencies bands of frequencies and if you know the frequency you know the source Mm. it's that simple yep but without that frequency information it's like walking down a street in medieval england and suddenly finding that you're wet you don't know whether somebody's chucked a bucket of piss over you or whether it's started (laughs) raining you just know that you're wet it could be a miracle Anyway, here's what I'm sure you agree with, though. I mean, this one actually seems to make sense to me. Another device called the flare thermal imager is handheld and indicates the presence of paranormal activity, which the device displays as a heat source on its imaging screen. Right on, huh? Who wrote this five-year-old? This is coming. This is a interview with a paranormal investigator. All right, FLIR stands for Forward Looking Infrared. It's actually actually an acronym that was then developed into, um, and in fact, FLIR now don't uh, no longer exists as a company name. They've changed the name yet again. Um, yeah, um, they make a range of models from ones that you can stick on. Abrams tanks to ones that you can attach to your smartphone, so they're not all handheld. Mm-hmm. They they have a sensor in them that's quite similar in many respects to uh, the sensor in a digital camera, but ra- but unlike a digital camera, they the sensor and import very importantly the lens in front of the sensor that focuses the energy onto the um, sensing device are tuned so that they're only sensitive to a portion of the electromagnetic spectrum that's at the top end of the infrared band, and we call it normally thermal energy. Now, every, every object 
in the universe that is above zero Kelvin. degrees Kelvin, yeah. minus 273 degrees Celsius, or 273.2 Celsius, emits thermal energy, which is in the infrared portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. Yep. And these sensors are made up like a camera sensor of thousands of pixels, individual little thermometers in effect. And they use that data electronically to create a false image because it's entirely generated by software um, on a screen to translate the thermal information into a pictograph called a thermograph so that the human operator can easily pinpoint a source of a temperature change, be that a leaking uh, pipe, be that a dripping, you know, uh, un unsafe insulation. They, they were designed primarily, firstly, for the military, and secondly, they were used in home surveying to check for, um, you know, thermal leakages around the home. Yeah. Not ghosts. Well, it says paranormal activity. I thought that was right on with that, but I could have been wrong, you know. Well, the person that wrote the article was wrong. Well, Jesus, I mean, seriously, my 10-year-old, my youngest son, could put a better description to that. If I, if he was awake at this time of night, I'd put him on the, I'd put him on the microphone and say to him, Ozzy, tell me about a thermal imaging camera. Yeah. So it seems to me, I mean, just reading the thing, is that the equipment that most paranormal investigators use um, is it's misunderstood. Well, and very misunderstood, even the ones they use. Um, in, in effect, the equipment is an incredibly useful part of what the investigator uh, can bring along with them. But the, 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 the problem lies in firstly the way it's used because it's very rarely used in accordance with its designed uh, specifications mm -hmm. so for example like the k2 the k2 was designed for cell towers and microwave leaks so was the cell sensor yep. it was not designed to detect ghosts it can't it doesn't and it was never designed or intended to they use digital recorders not for recording not for doing what they were built to do which is to record sound but to record sound that they can't hear evp now again you know if you go along to a, a location and someone says help my house is haunted so the, the investigator goes along you listen to what the witness has to say the witness tells you that at a certain time they see something happening or an object moves or a door opens, then you can you can you could test that claim by using a camera or a video camera to gather some additional information. If they sit if they say to you, we hear strange sounds, we hear voices, we hear whatever. Mm -hmm. then you can use an audio recorder. It's also very good for recording interviews as well with the witnesses. If they tell you the temperature has changed, 
ooh, it got really cold in here. It was like walking into a refrigerator. Yeah. Then measure the temperature. But don't just randomly arrive with a load of equipment and start measuring everything. Firstly, you're going to drown yourself under data. You're going to have to sit through hours and hours and hours of video, sift through hundreds of photographs, mm. listen to tens of, you know, tens of hours of EVP. Of uh, recorded sound, yeah. Yeah. And Not even EVP, just recorded well, sound. They're, they're, they're listening for EVP. Yeah, but yeah. And the chances of you missing it are incredibly high if there's anything mm. unusual anyway. So target the use of the equipment because it can objectify and verify some of the claims that the witnesses are making. Mm. And this was known in the 1890s, for God's sake, when the SPR went along to uh, the B House investigation. Um, they they brought along with them as part of because one of the, the main things was these strange sounds that resembled petards, cannons. And they wanted to um, make a recording of it. So they took along a early phonograph to record and document what people were saying they were hearing. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I may have said this before, but one time many years ago, I was handed a do you remember when pictures were handed were given to you on CD-ROM? Yeah. Yeah. I was given a CD by a paranormal group and it had about 300 and something pictures on it that they'd taken during an investigation of a haunted building. And in this particular part of the haunted building, uh, they had taken an extraordinary number of photographs. So I asked them, um, why so many photographs? And these were just ordinary still photographs. Why so many in this particular room corridor? Oh, well, we're always hearing voices there. Yeah. Did you take a sound recorder? Uh, no. Mm. I don't know. It's, and it's... There's, lots of, uh, there's, there's probably lots of listeners going, well, you know, I don't use our equipment like that. We, we, we. But the problem is the majority of investigators do. I think and they then... just misunderstand that the... the the equipment they're using i you know i don't think it's anything malice i just think There's, there is no malice this and the problem is that they see these devices being used on television shows oh, yeah. they read they read articles in the newspaper around halloween the local ghost expert says we use these high tech and low tech devices and you know we that we can capture ghosts so they go out and try the same thing Mm -hmm. And the the second the second layer of that problem is when you try to educate them, when you try to explain that actually that's not the case, um, you're using it wrong or it's misleading you. Mm -hmm. You know the equipment is actually confusing you and causing you more more issues. They mm -hmm. go, well, what do you know? Because Zach said, because the expert in the newspaper said, and we've got the evidence to prove it. We've got the evidence of our own eyes because the, the REM pod flashed its lights right. and there are strange sounds on the recorder that we can't explain. But not being able to explain something doesn't mean it's paranormal. It simply means you can't explain it. 
you might not be able to, but somebody else might be able to, or you just need to look that little bit harder. I I think that's part of the problem is that we just stop learning. I mean, you you know, Steve, when I I showed you an article, when I first started getting involved in it and, and you know how bad it was versus, you know, to what I do now, which has changed. But I mean, I realized over the years that you have to learn stuff, you know, you, you know, sometimes there's a better way of doing it, a method, uh, some way you're doing it improperly. You didn't realize you're doing it properly or, or there wasn't enough data on that particular piece of equipment that you got, but. Well, we, we, you know, I mean, we are the most at the moment. Um, and we've said that, you know, you could have said the same thing 30 years ago. We are at the pinnacle of, modern achievement you know we have technology that can do extraordinary things and in some of the things that we can now do 30 years later would have blown our minds 30 years ago and what oh, absolutely and what will be happening in 30 years if we're all still around mm-hmm. um will blow our minds again because technology advances the problem is it, it's a double-edged sword because now photography um I, we coming up to an ad break because when we if we are we started a couple of minutes late so we're okay okay um the problem with photography is that digital um photography is now so clever two minutes that with ai cgi apps you can we don't trust what we see anymore when somebody shows us a photograph of a tesla car floating in space people shout photoshop We don't trust the technology any longer. We can't trust what we see with our own eyes any longer because it can, or when somebody shows us a photograph, because it can be so easily done with software, AI, CGI, and other, you know, um, in real time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as the equipment advanced and we get into AI, AI may... Uh, not be as uh, benevolent. Uh, yeah, benevolent. But it not only may be benevolent, but it may not be as honest as we think it is. Well, well, no. I mean, I saw pictures of Donald Trump being beaten by cops and arrested in New York City. Well, that's true. But they, they wasn't true. They were generated <laughs> by AI. I know. Ouch. Okay, so we are coming up in the break anyway. So you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles, maybe, on International, right here on Toji.net. And we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memorick Street, Bethlehem, Massachusetts. The Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our good friends on, uh, what are we? Oh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Uh, become a member and join us in the Patreon Dead Air Society. And so... Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event? 
book or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turn 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! What? From the creators of Shadowhunters, bite me, comes a tale of primal terror. Grind called mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica, kill! <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the first half of Ghost Chronicles. This is the international edition, the show that where the hosts are so dumb that AI wouldn't ever dare. Nah, they couldn't replace us, Steve. They couldn't. They wouldn't. Never. Never. Speaking of which, how's folks in Illinois? Illinois? Yeah. They seem to be having a bad time of things in Illinois. I don't know anything about this, Steve. What, you weren't listening to the ad break? Oh. <laughs> yes, that was... Dick, uh, course, you only turned 18 once. Yes, of course, that was oh. the, new, the new comic out by our friend Jason Doobie. Uh, Shadowhunters kill Jessica, kill and check it out on GoFundMe, I think it is. It's one of those things. Yeah, I'll have to put it up on my page. Damn. Yeah, because people are asking, you know, people are going to ask questions. Mm. Right. Good, good, good storytelling there. You know, you know, it's it reminds me of the uh, teller of curious tales. Whatever happened to her? The dearly departed. The dearly departed. The May teller of curious peace. tales. May they rest in peace. Unless we can necromancy and raise a new one. Uh, but anyways, got another story for the another time. Anyway, uh, being the uh, yeah, we were a bit ranty in the first half, weren't we? Again, I was getting a bit, no, getting no, no, a bit on the no, high horse again. 
No, that wasn't ranting. That was uh, pretty much good. That was what I wanted to do. I wanted to look at that. And and I I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to criticize how the ghost hunt boots, but, you, but you, kids, you well, gotta keep you got to keep learning. you got to understand more. Do you know, uh, I mean, don't that's, watch that's, that crap on TV. That's the frustration. That's what makes that. That's what grinds my gears. It's not that the ghost hunters are dumb or, you know, st- being stupid or acting stupid. It's because they, if in all of this, in, in some of the major sciences we have, astronomy and archaeology and many many others the amateurs are the ones who make the breakthroughs Mm -hmm. and these people willingly go to haunted houses they expend thousands of dollars or pounds Mm -hmm. giving up their time to investigate the phenomena so but i know if they Anyways. would only up their game a little tiny bit, mm-hmm. they could and, and a lot, they of, a lot of them have good intentions. It's just, you know. Yeah, they're all well-intentioned, but if it's so frustrating because they could actually make some real advances if they just up their game a little bit. We're only talking about high school-level science. The and, stuff and, that we learned at high school. I mean, the SBI puts out a series of uh, great little uh, books on on uh, investigating, don't they, Steve? They have two uh, books that you can buy, but um, if you just want the basics, the very basics, you know, stripped back of um, anything unnecessary, go along to the SPR's website and you have to dig a little bit for it, maybe, because they don't know which page that they're on. Um, you will find a series of downloadable free you can print them out uh, fold them up yourself shove them in your kit bag and they cover uh, all of the main like sound video the thermometers emf mm-hmm. interviewing witnesses compiling a report all of that and it's all free just go to spr.ac.uk and Use the search bar, look for investigation quick guides. They're mm-hmm. all free. Just download the PDFs, print them off. Right. Even even uh, uh, that that guy's book, uh, was it Ghostology? Uh, that guy from the UK. He, uh, I mean, that book there is also a very good guide. And that's what it is. It's a guide. It's not like telling you this is the only way you can do no, it. No, of course it, they're not. I mean, the no. SPR also publishes two books called Guidance Notes. There's one mm-hmm. for equipment use and there's one for general guidance notes. And they, they, they make the point. They are notes for guidance. They are not hard, fast rules. You must do it this way because the SPR says so. You must do it, you know, a particular way. You can modify the methods but these are the foundations on which good practice is built mm-hmm. which is great so speak about showing out hundreds of pounds uh yes. i don't know what it is in the uk and i'm hoping you're going to tell me but i wanted to tell you about uh, here in the states uh Definitely. When, you, when you go to sell a house in america we have yes. not nine states uh that's 
uh, have laws around the disclosure of death to the property. So if someone dies, uh, you have to disclose it. And that includes California for within the last three years. If someone died in Alaska within one year, South Carolina, uh, this, you must uh, disclose this was a homicide on the property in uh, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and South Carolina. Sellers must disclose a death on the property, but only if asked. And here in the gl glorious state of uh, Massachusetts is one of uh, among four states that specifically mention paranormal activity in their real estate disclosure laws. New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Minnesota. Uh, laws in Massachusetts and Minnesota state it is unnecessary to disclose if a house is haunted by paranormal activity or the supernatural. In New Jersey, the seller must be truthful when they uh, buy a, uh, when it comes to the property to, uh, uh, what is it? Oh, to, to um, what's the word? Ex expose or, or tell you if they have any departed roommates, but only if asked. So all those 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 four states have the uh, don't ask, don't tell. If you 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 don't have to say it, but if they ask you if your place is haunted, you have to tell them uh, yes or no, which is interesting since not sure how you would claim that. So do you have? Do you have uh, do you have those type of laws in the UK? No, um, is the short answer. The long answer is some um, property um, does occasionally include mention of paranormal activity. Oh, it does. Um, you, know, you might say you might see in the in the promotion of of a property is not haunted. Oh, but so that's, it isn't. But that's that's entirely voluntary. You know, oh. there is no there is no obligation to do that. As for deaths in the property, absolutely no obligation yeah, whatsoever. So many deaths over uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not just that. It's just the country itself is a lot older. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. And, yeah. And so there is a presumption that if you live in a house that's 150 years old, somebody must have died there. <laughs> somebody probably did die there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and. In very notable cases where there has been uh, murder or a crime uh, that is, you know, sort of become um, like the Moors murderers, like um, Fred and Rose West, their properties were demolished. So nobody can use it as a shrine or glorify it or trade on it or or just drive past to to stare at it. Mm -hmm. So those properties are demolished. So there you go. I mean, I would gave a lecture uh, or, or a presentation, excuse me, um, last Friday in uh, Groveland. And one of the participants happened to be a priest, believe it or not. Uh, so it was interesting, but he brought up a, a, an interesting point in that uh, paranormal activity, sports, and, uh, spirits, and all that stuff, are they there just because a property has a tragedy in it? You know, because then he, or do we bring that paranormal activity with us? Like, and he mentioned the Amorable Horror House, which, you know, was owned by a couple people and, uh, you know, including the current owners it's who have no activity. It's on the market, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, it, the current owners had no activity. They actually got rid of the windows, the, you know, the two eye windows, and mm-hmm. it, just mm-hmm. to keep people away from it and stuff. But, you know, I think it's probably in the market because they want to get rid of the damn thing. People are annoying the hell out of them. I think, I think I read it is on the market at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is it just because there are tragedies in the house or is it cause paranormal activity or or is it that well, it's one of the common theories? It's absolutely one. It's absolutely one of the common theories you yeah. often hear said. Uh, oh, there was a there was a tragic murder here. Or there was a, something took place uh, and it's left it an imprint into the building. And that's what causes mm-hmm. the ghosts. Or someone was murdered here and they can't move on or the murderer can't move on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, people report weird stuff which they would classify as haunting mm-hmm. in all manner of properties. New builds, um, commercial properties, shops, uh, where there's been no history. You know, one of the things that investigators in the UK love to do is to research the history of the property because yes. they think it's an important factor. So they hit, they, they, they will look at the, the property. If it's a new property, they'll look at what was there before it. Um, was it just farmland or agricultural land? Was it, was there another building that was there beforehand? So they will delve through all that. And if they hit a murder or a tragedy, they will make a big deal about it and they will say, you know, assume that that's the cause of the, but there is no, there is no evidence to suggest that were um, no hard evidence to suggest that there is any connection between a tragic event and a subsequent haunting. For example, I once asked during a visit to Poland, uh, which incorporated a visit to the Auschwitz camp. Mm-hmm. Are there any ghosts? Because there, more than one million people were horrifically put to death. Yep. And the person I, I asked was a senior guide who had spent 20 years of her life closely associated with, with the camp and taking tourists around and helping to renovate, restore um, different parts of it, had spent long days and nights on the site and said, no, there is nothing here. Yeah. Which, you know, it, I mean, that's... So if that's, you're going to pick up, you know, if tragedy like, and murder was a, was a key component to causing phantoms that would be there i can't think of anyone more likely yeah we call that the uh the famous ghost syndrome here in in the states yeah it's yeah like yeah if, if someone died in the house it was famous it's naturally it's got to be him or it's got to be that it's got to be yeah, queen victoria tra- something tragedy to be there. yeah something tragedy happened that was it's, you know that's the yeah. cause of the haunting yeah. uh yeah Every, and, and anywhere that, that Anne Boleyn has been, um, anywhere that Mary Queen of Scots has visited, mm-hmm. anywhere that Henry VIII stopped, it's their ghost. Yeah. I mean, that's 
I mean, that's the problem. We don't know so much about uh, the field we're in in a way that, you know, the explanations out there are so simple that, but there's nothing to base them on. That they're just, but you know, always become. Yeah. Go ahead. Because we don't know very much, we still can't properly define what a ghost is. We, we, we have got no idea. Uh, what they are, what these experiences that we label ghosts and hauntings are. And so people come up with theories, but often they don't test these theories or the theory itself is untestable. But they, there is an allure to the theory that, oh, well, it, there was a murder there or a famous person was there or there was an accident that took place at along that stretch of roadway or and it 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 makes it kind of makes sense to us it 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 fits what we almost like thought thought pareidolia isn't it in a way in a way it is um you know we're trying to match events with reports and that blinds us in many ways because it removes some of the objectivity we stop looking at the evidence Oh, the ghost was a, a white lady and drifted down the stairs and the buildings haunted, uh, you know. But Henry VIII once stayed there, so it must be Anne Boleyn because clearly Anne Boleyn wasn't, a, you know, uh, Henry VIII wasn't a, a white lady. Um, and so we start to make it, if we see a figure in a in a particular style of costume, we start to make assumptions about the costume. And about the time period. And then we start to try and match that to historical events during that time period. Because what we're looking for is some validation, something to make sense of the experience of seeing a ghost or hearing something or smelling something. And so people trawl back through the history of a site. People trawl back through records and they visit the, 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 the archives and they're looking for, it's kind of like looking at a photograph that you take, looking at it under a microscope for anomalies. Right. I mean, and then saying that's proof of the paranormal. And we, we know that something exists because there are so many eyewitness accounts throughout history. Uh, we know that something occurs. What that it is, is exactly. what, what we theorize. And a lot of it has to do with our own personal beliefs. Otherwise, we filter everything through our own beliefs. Uh, you know, different cultures think of spirits differently than we do here in the West. And, and you know, so it's it's a difficult field. But that, I think you're right. I think that's why it's so appealing that, that there, you know, it's like the Wild West. There are no rules. According to some people. Well, no, there are no rules according to what we know, because Mm -hmm. we don't know very much. The people, we we often discuss the SPR, founded in 1882, so it's 142 years ago, 141 years ago. Older than me, actually. Just a little bit, and you've got the Ghost Club a little bit older. But then they they weren't the first. There were people looking at trying to understand what was taking place 
in the 17th century, in the 15th century, in the 12th century, in the first century, even before that, people, you know, people had weird stuff happen to them and they were perplexed by it. And they went to people that they thought were clever or people who were interested in going, well, that sounds a bit odd. I would like to know more. So you had ghost hunters as long as you've had ghosts. I dare say if somebody thought that the back of the cave was a little bit spooky, there would have been a caveman ghost hunter somewhere out there who, well, I'm going to take a look and I'm going to try and see what's down the back of the and cave. Then the eat them. And then the, he got eaten by a bear. <laughs> um, but, it's a a natural part of our human curiosity to want to understand. There is no doubt that people have weird experiences, absolutely no doubt at all. What we are struggling to do is to explain what those experiences represent. At one end of of a spectrum, they could be dead people, you know, returning, saying hi, or stuck and moving about, going through what they did in life. At the other end of the of the the spectrum, it could all be something that our brain is doing, tricking us. It could be, you know, a mi- uh, misperception. What we what we can be certain of is that the truth, the real answer, is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, we don't know like where it... it is, and we so we come up with ideas: infrasound, electromagnetism, ultrasound. And we're studying. And we, we and we 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 make these you know we buy these devices because we see them advertised on television or on social media, and they oh. seem to be they seem to be doing something, so we'll get one too, and the guy on the television or the guy in the newspaper said that's detecting a ghost. Well, to a lot of people, they don't confront the paranormal on a regular basis. So it's a little bit confusing to them, or they don't really bother themselves with science and physics. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody says, well, an electromagnetic wave has amplitude and frequency, yeah, but my EMF meter still goes off, and I can't explain why. They Because, because essentially, they're finding what they wanted to find. They went along to look for evidence of the paranormal, which is defined as something that is unexplainable. They can't explain it. Therefore, by default, it becomes paranormal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the, I mean, you. I think you were one of the original, I mean, we look at stuff that occurred in the, you know, back in time and, and we the people thought that was paranormal or supernatural. And, you know, we, we learned through science that these, these phenomena were not uh, supernatural, but natural phenomena, and we were able to understand them. Eventually, we may do the same thing uh, to some of these phenomena, maybe ghosts even, might be a, a natural phenomena that well, has nothing to do with supernatural. Uh, there's, there's a good... In New England, aren't you? Have you recently had, or are you due to have an eclipse? Oh, we had it. It went by. Right. Do you remember the famous uh, story, uh, um, the Connecticut Yankee in the court of King Arthur? Oh God, I should, but I don't. 
Well, he got he got out of being killed because he knew that there was an eclipse coming, and he said, "You know, oh, the, I'm going to make the moon go dark, uh, the sun go go. I'm going to turn the day sky into night sky." Oh, okay, because, right. he, yeah. because we can now predict eclipses that they couldn't predict in medieval England. And we understand what eclipses are. We can predict them to the to the second, what day they'll happen, where they can be seen, how they can be seen. We can do it with the tides. We can do it with, you know, so many natural things because they've been studied and they've been understood. Um, but what we can't explain, and there are a lot of very eminent scientists in the world of parapsychology especially, looking to try and understand these experiences moving away from ghosts there is experiences of consciousness and telepathy and thought transference and extrasensory perception and psychokinesis all of these weird things that have that people report as being able to do or are observed being capable of doing Science is looking for a theory to explain it, to try and understand it. Mm-hmm. And so should investigators. When somebody says, help, my house is haunted, it probably isn't going to be a portal to the underworld behind the kitchen closet. Well, it could be, though, you know. Well, that's, that's their, I, that's, I, I that's I their hope. Mm. That's their hope. I, on a side note, I just saw the latest statistic that they say Massachusetts ranks fifth in the country in paranormal houses. Uh, one in tw- uh, uh, 23% of the homes in Massachusetts are haunted. I'm genuinely surprised by that. I thought yeah. the figure would have been a lot higher because... The older colonies, the original colonies, mm-hmm. um, the 13 states, have got, by default, the oldest settlements and the oldest properties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at, for example, Oregon or California, they were the last to be settled in the, 19, you know, in the, the mid part of the 19th century following the gold rush. Um, yeah, but you had the Spanish in there before. Not, not to the top end of California. No, not to the top end. But I mean, we, but, you, I mean, there were even evidence that the Chinese might have visited California. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were there were clearly human beings there. Yeah, but no settlements is what you're seeing. But, I get it. But I no, it. no, none of our Western uh, settlements, like <laughs> like happened along the New England, pre- pre- predominantly the New England. Um, coastline and all mm. down the atlantic seaboard you know you've got the carolinas you've got florida with the spaniards Virginia. louisiana with the french um, so these older colony states down the west coast of america sorry down the east coast of america um i would have expected to have been right up there you know number one two three massachusetts the carolinas florida uh, you know what i'll see if i can get the full list uh, for the next show if i can so I am genuinely surprised. Yeah, I'm just telling you, that's I, I saw that on the news today because paranormal's in the news. It's Halloween. Uh, but, 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll find that, see if I can find that list. It's, it was 23% uh, of the homes in Massachusetts uh, uh, guessed to be haunted. Anyways, we do have to wrap it up. Uh, so you've been listening to, what the heck are we? Oh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kulik right here on Tojanet Radio. No AI on this show. Well, not yet anyways. You never know. I, I could be replaced. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. AI knows how to pronounce words. I don't. Exactly. That's the proof. Yeah, there's the proof of the pudding right there. <laughs> Anyways, we're brought to you by uh, Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant SDF <laughs> Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. Our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon. Become a member like Kember, our latest member. Uh, welcome, Kember, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles. What are we? Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. Uh, my special guest, Robert Oates, uh, historian and uh, legendist and tour guide. So there you go. So good night, everyone. God bless. Have a happy Halloween. Good night. God bless. Happy Halloween. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.